Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Man, after that introduction, I feel like I really got to preach a good word to you guys. So I'm kind of feeling like I'm under some pressure. But um, it's a good thing that, um, that Roy knows me. I got this water over here in case I need a backup. <laughs> get cotton mouth when you're up here. But it's a good thing that Roy knows me and he knows that what he sees is what he gets. And so what you see up here on Sunday is going to be something that you see on Monday. Like um, God's really done a work in my heart and um, it's just, it's amazing to just be in, in my shoes, I feel like. I just wake up and the Scripture is just really true to me that His mercies are new every day. When my eyes open up, I really believe that His mercies are new every day. But um, just His mercies are new on Sunday as well, but just on Sunday, we get a lot more opportunity to get seeds sowed into our life. And so while we were listening to worship... Um, I just feel like there's 50 different things I want to say, like coming from the songs and the different revelations that the worship leaders are singing and stuff like that. But something I kept thinking of was the power of the seed. In the last couple of weeks, Roy's been teaching on the power of the seed. And I think that if we don't like meditate on that, we don't see that the Word of God comes in seed form. So when we receive the seed, the Word of God when that seed is planted in us, then it's going to grow. And what is, what, is, what is amazing is that you can actually cultivate that seed and make it grow even faster, even though you don't know how it got there when it came up. And so that's just so encouraging to me. And this one time, and I know that this is true, because this one time, I was actually, I was dusting. If you didn't know, I'm a, I'm a cleaner. My wife and uh, my wife and I have like a little cleaning business, and and I was dusting. I was listening to this podcast, and it was talking about sowing seed, and and this guy in the podcast was talking about an acorn. He said his daughter picked it up and was holding it up to him and said, "Look, Daddy, a tree." And the truth of that is that there is a tree. There's a lot of trees in there, but that acorn has to be planted in some. It's got to be planted in some dirt, and it's got to grow. And, um, and I started thinking about that, and the exact moment she's talking about that, I'm dusting. And off the top of the hutch I was dusting on, the, the top of an acorn fell off. So if you didn't believe it before, that there's power in the seed, then God, I think, wants to confirm that. He was, he was trying to tell me something, and sometime your natural circumstances, God will use them to speak to you. So ever since then, the power of the seed has just been singed on my heart. So that means the more that's sowed into my life, the more that's going to grow. So when I come to church, I come with an open heart. I come and believe that the leadership here cares enough about Him. And I know, per, I know personally Roy, so I know He cares enough about us that anybody that's up here leading worship, anybody that's up here sharing, they do have a word. And, then, and God is speaking through them. And if that's the case, if we come here with an open heart, then we're going to leave with something. But if we come here with a closed heart and we come here and we're not willing to receive the Word of God, then we leave the same. 
James says it's like looking in the mirror and forgetting what you look like when you walk away. How, who, who does that? My hair's just as crazy when I walk away as when I looked in the mirror. I remember what I look like. James is trying to say it's ridiculous for you to look into the Word of God and for you to say that this is who you are or what you're called to and then walk away from it and forget. And so I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm just so thankful for a leadership here. I'm so thankful for Roy. And as he was saying, we spent a lot of time together. And um, we do preach back and forth. We can't help it. You know, it's just like we just pull each other's string and the other one is just blah, 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 blah. And, and um, so I'm just so, I'm so blessed to have him as a pastor because I really trust him. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just really excited uh, about what God's doing here. So, um, let me get started here. Yeah, but I'm so honored to be up here today. Like, I don't take this lightly. Um, and and I, I haven't asked to be up here. Like, Roy asked me to come up here. To be honest with you, even though I know it's something that like I'm called to, something that I enjoy, there's a lot of anxiety like, that comes against me when I like prepare. Like a lot of confusion comes. A lot of like my wife, she helps me out tremendously because in the preparation, I know I have a word and I know what I'm saying to you is true to me. And I know what I'm saying to you, I'm living. But in the preparation to try to get it out to communicate to you guys, it seems like there's always a war. And that, that, can, that can take me two ways. I can either continue to press into the truth because I know that we are at war. Because I know God's revealed to me through the truth of His Word that we're at war. But I'm not at war against the other people. The war's not against flesh and blood. So if I'm feeling a war, it's either against my old self or it's against the powers of, of evil that are coming against what God's wanting me to manifest. And so in preparation, I'm just I was just I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And a couple weeks ago, the Lord just I was just reading and and a scripture just popped out to me. Has it ever happened to you? I'm just reading it. It was just like about knocked me out of my seat. And I know that might be intense, but it's just it's, it's the way it feels. I don't know how to describe it. But it's just like you hear the Scripture as if God was speaking it directly to you. It's called the rhema Word of God. It's like His voice comes through. And, it, and that was the way it was. And, and ever since... I've just been meditating on it, and then when Roy asked me to speak, I just felt like that that this was something that that he wanted to talk to you guys about. So if you would just open up your Bibles, Second Corinthians three eighteen. So Paul's addressing the Corinthian church here and he's explaining to them that their life matters early on in, in, um, in 2 Corinthians 3. And a couple uh, it was probably about a year ago I was speaking here and I was explaining that, that we are living letters written on the hearts of men. And that was what Paul was trying to explain to the, to the Corinthian church. Uh, people that your life really matters that the way that you live your life really matters and and when we manifest God to other people 
it writes the letter on their heart. And you have an impact on their heart. And so in the last part of it, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image. An ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is Spirit. So in the first part of that Scripture, I want to talk about Paul said with unveiled face. So I started thinking about this as I was, I was reading the Scripture, and I started to look at it in the context. And I realized that that, that, that language, unveiled face... was talking about a perception. It was talking about how we viewed something. And so Paul is trying to say that we now, that Jesus has changed our life, view God in a different way. We look at the Word of God, we look at His glory in a different way. <clears throat> and so I just started thinking about like, what does that mean? Why would their face be veiled? And as I started to study it, in Exodus 34, 29-35, says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, he did not know that the skin of his face was shining with a unique radiance because he had, had been speaking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to approach him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites approached him, and he commanded them to do everything that the Lord had said to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. So back then, you couldn't just approach God. Like Moses was the mediator between God and man. And Moses had, he had a call on his life to hear from God and then to communicate that to the people. So it says in Hebrews 1 that in, the, in those days that God would speak to the prophet through the prophets to us, but in the last days he spoke through the Son. So that's what this is talking about. Those, the, the Israelites were so aware of their sinfulness, they were so aware of how they had fallen short because of the old covenant, because of the law that they were under, they couldn't, they couldn't see. When they saw the glory of God on Moses' face, it just it, over, it overwhelmed them. It scared them. And so Moses had to continue to approach them, or when he would speak to him, he had to veil his face because of what it was doing to them. Yeah, so the Bible tells us about new the new uh, Jerusalem where the redeemed will live. Revelation 21, 23-25 says, The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will the gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. So God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. 
Israelites were under the law and they were so aware of their condition, they could not stand to see the light because it exposed who they were. So Moses veiled his face when he spoke to him. So I started thinking about this and I started thinking about I'm not a dog owner or really an animal lover, so I apologize if anybody is in here. Um, but I started thinking about this movie that I saw. We're going to play it right now about dogs that have got caught in. Doing something naughty. Well, as I, as I was looking at this movie, I just started to think about, like I'd probably been every single one of those dogs when it came to relating to God. Because they're approaching their master, and I would say most of you guys, if you're a dog lover, like I've seen dog lovers, they really love their dogs. Okay, so we have, we have a master, Jesus, or the Father, and that's the way that He loves us. So even though... He might have to deal with a situation. When we approach Him like that, we're not approaching Him with the mind of how He wants to relate to us. We're approaching Him with with, uh, the punishment. Or we're approaching Him being overwhelmed with what we did instead of overwhelmed with who we are and our relationship with Him. Because how many times have those dogs been pet on their head by their master? How many times have those dogs been fed by their master? I would say most of those dogs probably had a pretty, they're living in a house, probably had a pretty good life, right? But we do the exact same thing to God every day. And I believe, I just think that's a picture of the veiled face. Like I feel like those dogs, they have a veiled face. All they're seeing is their sin and they want to run and hide. All they're seeing is how they've fallen short instead of seeing what's been made right. See, it says that we all with unveiled face behold the glory of God as in a mirror. But we have to believe that we don't have a veiled face anymore. Because the truth is is that Jesus tore the veil. And He made a way. He broke down the middle wall of separation so that we could go into the presence of God forever. It says, it doesn't say back into the presence of God. It doesn't say to hang your head low and tiptoe into the presence of God or sneak into the presence of God. It says boldly approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy in a time of need. And if I'm to be honest, I've not always done that. I've not always done that. Even even in just just the last two years, I've even thought this way until I started to see this in Scripture and in, as the Lord started to reveal this to me. So how can, we remain, how can our faces remain unveiled is a question that I, I started to ask myself. And that brings me to the second, per, uh, the second point. So the Scripture goes on to say, Now we behold the glory of God in the Word of God. And when we see Him in the Word, it's just like looking in the mirror. That was my paraphrase. So if we'll dare to believe that God has changed us, when we spend time reading His Word, He will reveal Himself to us. But we've got to approach Him knowing that He wants to be with us. We've got to approach Him knowing that He wants us to change. But if we don't believe when we go to Him that He's actually changed us, our minds can't be renewed 
into what he was saying and I shared or into who he's called us to be. So I was sharing earlier from James 1 22 through 25. It says, For if anyone's a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he looks into the perf- he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So I think the biggest work that James is sitting there talking about, he says that we can't just be hearers of the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But we have to be doers. But I believe we have to be believers. Because when, when God, what God's saying in the Scripture here, He's saying that if you will look in, if you'll behold the glory of God with an unveiled faith, face, it's like looking in a mirror. And so what he's saying is this, if you see it in me because of the cross, then it's in you. But we have to believe that. So how many times do we skim over those passages that talk about identity? Like it says that we're holy, blameless, without fault before Him. But we've always got, we've always got a rebuttal to that. We've got, always got an argument. But you don't know what we did. Yes, He does. But what you do doesn't define you. What He did defines you now. And He's set you free from the law of sin and death. And He's put you in, He's brought you into a kingdom that is unshaken. And it says that it is His good pleasure to give you His kingdom. So as we share a relationship, a love relationship with Him, and we believe that it's His will that we be conformed to the image of His Son. All these things are the things that He said. But we have to believe it. That's, what, that's how we access Him is by faith. And faith is believing in what we can't see. That means in the assurance of things hoped for. So that means our circumstances might not be what we want them to be. But we have to see them with eyes of faith for them to change. We're bringing something that's not in this world because we're not of this world. We're just in it now. We're bringing something in a way of thinking that's not of this world. And we're bringing it here and manifesting it. It's His will that the just would live by faith. Not by feelings. Now I'm not against us having feelings if they're submitted to God. But, but just because I'm feeling something like, honestly guys, like I don't know why, but, but just in preparing for this, I've been feeling really heavy. I don't know why. But that would have kept me from coming up here. Think I didn't think about calling Roy. And I mean, it's not the first time I've done this. But I, I, I thought about calling Roy and just telling him, you know, I'm sick. But if I say that I'm sick, if I say that I'm sick, then he's going to ask me, well, why ain't you believing that you're healed? And so, and, 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 um, so, cause, cause I preach that kind of stuff and I live it. And so I'm thinking like, man, there's no way out of, there's no way out of this thing. I gotta go. And the, and the truth is, is like courage is pressing in. Even when you feel the fear, it's not wrong to feel fear. It's wrong to believe fear and to keep it from doing what God's called you to do. Because this thing is also called a fight. It's a fight of faith. And so you have to fight to believe in the midst of your circumstances feel, speaking way louder than what, what you know, truth is manifesting right there. But when you look, 
Like it says, into the perfect law of liberty. When you look at God's Word and who He says you are, and you start to believe that, I promise you, you will become it. Because, because it says, if any man be in Christ, the old is gone, the new is come. Behold, all things have been made new. And I was talking to somebody about that um, yesterday. I won't say his name just because I didn't ask. But um, he was just telling me, because this is so, like, I'm so thankful for the gospel. Because, like, I'm telling you, ten years ago, if I was to walk in here, I would not be the guy that I am today. Like Jesus, and, and many of you can probably relate to this, but Jesus has radically changed my life. And He's changed the way that I think. He's changed my eyes. changed the way that I see things. Like He says, lest you be born again, you can't see. So when you're born again, your eyes open up to a whole new world of possibilities. You're in the kingdom of God. You're in a whole nother way of living. You're in a whole nother way of thinking. And it's God's will that you would live that way, but you have to access it by faith. So I'm talking to this guy, and he's telling me, man, like, dude, you see this thing? I was, it, it was just like this big old like jug or whatever. He's like, I used to drink one of these every day. And I'm thinking, like, because all I know of this dude is the born-again version. I didn't know the old guy. So I'm like literally like, I mean, if somebody's ever told you like their testimony and who they used to be and stuff, my jaw like in my head, like I'm just thinking this way, but it's on the floor. I'm like, man, what the heck? Because I didn't, I, I, I can't even, I can't even picture this dude that way. Like he's so, he's so new, but that's the way that the gospel works. It changes everything. Like, there's no way that he's that new if he's still beholding him with a veiled face. Because his circumstances, like, like have you ever heard of somebody that drank that much and then just was delivered? Like, if you were to go tell just a normal, everyday person on the, on the street that, they're going to think, no, because the world doesn't think that way. But the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of their mind. So if we'll believe that everything's actually become new, we can walk in that. That doesn't mean that we can't fall or that we can't sin. We, we can move in that, but the truth is, is if we do, we have an advocate. And so we have a way out now. And now we have a way to not see that as who we are. Because if you continue to think you're just a, a sinner saved by grace... You'll sin by faith. If you believe you're righteous and you've been born again of an incorruptible seed, it says, then you will live more righteous on accident than you ever did trying. Like, because who's tried to bite their lip and not sin? It doesn't work too well. Like, it's kind of actually hard to try to go and be good. But if you believe that you've been made good by grace, then you live that way. You live good. You flow out of your relationship with Him because faith works through love. We're saved by grace through faith, but faith works itself out through love. So it's way more God. It's, it's, it's way more God. I thank you that you've made me new. 
And that anger isn't a part of, of who I am anymore. Or addiction isn't a part of who I am anymore. Whatever, put whatever you want to in there. Instead of, God, I did it again. I, I just, it's like these dogs. They're thinking like, man, like, I did the same thing I did last week. And they're, 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 their um, actions are the same. Nothing changes. Like, have you ever been there? I've been there for years. Nothing changed when I continued to approach God that way because I was approaching Him with a veiled face. I never could see His goodness. All I saw was an authority figure that was ready to drop the hammer on me. But that's not who He is. He's a loving Father. And it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's His good pleasure to give you His nature. It was His will from the beginning. You were made in the image of God. Sin came into the world, separated us from that. But it says it separated us in our minds. It says we were alienated by our wicked works in our minds. Jesus came to turn that all around. Jesus came to give us His life. That's the Gospel. Is that, is that we give Him our broken lives that we've been trying to live for ourselves. And He gives us His life. He gives us life abundant. <clears throat> See where we were. I just started preaching. That's, that's the way you want it to roll. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so just going back to the Scripture, he says that if we will behold the glory of God in the Word of God as in a mirror, we'll be changed. So back then, that, that they had the prophets speaking to them. Now, and, and, and Moses says when he met with God, he met to, with Him face to face as a man speaks with his friend. But now we have the Word. And we're supposed to look into the Word and, and see the truth. And it says in um, John 1 that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And so when you read the Word with an unveiled face, when we see the glory of God in the Word and we will choose to believe that that's who we are, we're going to change. Yeah, so Paul's not talking about like when we get to heaven one day. He's talking about as we access this truth right now by faith that we're going to be transfigured into His very own image. Like how many of you have young children? Like, um, like I've got a six-month-old, so it's a little different, but um, four or five like that, I'm thinking that age. Anybody? Well, I'm, I'm around a lot of kids, so I see this a lot of times. Like, it actually happened um, yesterday. I was, I was helping someone move, and um, his kid came up to me when I was carrying the box in, and, like, he had a sword, and he stabbed me with it, and I just played along and just, ah, I fell down on the ground. And you should have seen his eyes. Like, I think he believed he really was like a warrior or something and stabbed me. And like I really went down because he's just like standing there like, yeah, like just standing over me like you just conquer me or whatever. So like it's like it doesn't take a lot of faith for a kid to believe 
they're whoever they are dressing up that day. Like I've got that one, I've got a friend that they have a daughter and you go in her room and she's got like 12 princess dresses. Like she can be a pink princess one day, a blue one. And you know, they're all the Disney characters or whatever. And, and it's like she comes out and she thinks that she's a princess. Well, I think it works the same, it, it works the same thing with, uh, the same way with us. We have to believe that God's really made us a certain way. We've got to believe that He's changed us into His image and that even though when we see something in our life that hasn't changed, that it's His, His will that we would be transforming that. So it's like I was saying with sowing. We've got to continue to posture ourselves in the place of faith and go into the Word of God Hoping or hoping and believing and knowing that God is going to put things in us and that they're going to grow because God's the one doing the work in us. Yeah, so um, just finishing up real quick. Um, the other day I was hanging out at a buddy's um, shop and I went to the bathroom um, to use the bathroom. And as I was standing there, he had, it's, it's a great place, like if you're a man, a lot of times like if you're, you know, you have to do something with your time while you're standing there. And so you're thinking about something, but if there's like stuff on the wall, then of course you're going to read it. But he had like this big poster that was, that was standing there, and, or I mean that was on the wall, and I started to read it, and at the top of it it says, I am. And then it goes on to have all these scriptures of who we are in Christ. And so like I took that I took that I I took that poster and I took a picture of it and I went and I wrote down all these scriptures of who we are. And um <clears throat> so I want to read those out right now. So if you would just could we just posture our, ourselves like in a place of of just faith. Like I want us just to close our eyes, open our hands up, and like I want to read these over you. I'm not going to say I, I'm going to say you. And I just want to read these over you because this is truly who God says we are in Christ. And there's going to be opportunity at the end of this when we close. Like if you could say that, that the things that I've said don't necessarily make sense to you. And you could say that maybe I haven't given my life to Jesus or maybe I ha like I've never been born again, the language that I was using. Like, I don't understand what that means. And you know, I'm tired of living my life for myself. I'm tired of always acting like these dogs on this thing. And, and, and you might have a relationship with God. You might know that He has changed your life, but you still relate to God this way. Like, I believe that God really wants to speak to us today and He wants to change that. So right now, just close your eyes and just open up your hand. Like, if I was to give each one of you $100, I don't think anybody would just give it back to me. You want to receive this. You, um, at Christmas, when you get a present, you receive it. And so just receive these words that God wants to speak over you. You're alive with Christ. You're free from the law of sin and death. 
You're far from oppression and fear does not come near you. You're born of God and the evil one does not touch you. You are holy and without blame before Him in love. You are God's child. For you're born again in the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. You're God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works. You're a new creation in Christ. You are a believer and the light of the Gospel shines in your mind. You're a doer of the Word and blessed in your actions. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're more than a conqueror through Him that loves you. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, not loving your own life unto death. You're a partaker of His divine nature. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're part of a chosen, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a purchased people. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world. You are His elect, full of mercy, kindness, humility, and long-suffering. You are forgiven of all your sins and washed in the blood. You're redeemed from the curse of sin, sickness, and poverty. You're called of God and the voice of His praise. You're called of God to be the voice of His praise. You're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You're raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. You're greatly loved by God. You're strengthened with all might in accordance, in accordance to His glorious power. Yeah, so Father, I just want to, Lord, I just want to ask, Lord, for Your grace on today. Lord, I just ask that every person in here, that those words would speak to their heart. God, I thank You that as Your will, that we would be conformed to the image of Your Son. God, I pray from this day forward, God, that when we read Your Word and we see who You've called us to be in Your Word, that we would receive it with hearts of faith, believing who You want us to be and who You're saying that we are. Yeah, Father, just pour Your grace out in this room in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so in just in closing, guys, like I just really feel like um <clears throat> God does he, he he just really wanting to speak this to us. Like he's really serious about transformation. He's serious about working his righteousness in you. He's serious about you becoming just like him. And as we believe it, I promise you guys it's gonna happen. So um if any of you guys need prayer, prayer for healing, prayer for decisions that you need to make in the future, or whatever, there will be some people up here afterwards that could pray for you or I could pray for you. Um, or it could just be that you want to 
You want to go live this message. You want to believe these things that God says about you. Or if you don't have a relationship with Him, I, I just encourage you to come up and pray with one of us. We would love to tell you how to have a relationship with Jesus. Be born again and, and have Him be the Lord of your life.